You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Clemson Nation, what is up? Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Hope you overindulged and stuffed yourselves and enjoyed the holiday with your friends, your family. And thank you for being a part of the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, five days a week. It is a glance into Clemson athletics, including the Clemson Tiger football team. It's preview day. It's a Friday. That means going to break down everything about this game. Clemson taking on Pitt at 3.30 inside Memorial Stadium in what will be Senior Day and Military Appreciation Day for the Tigers. So a lot to get to with three key questions, three players to watch, and those are always fun for me because I I try to dive into some other things besides, you know, who's going to win the game, uh, who's the best player on the field, things like that. So we're going to get to some of those coming up very shortly. And then finally, I'll give you my final thoughts on this game and a prediction and what this game means in particular for a couple of standout Tigers. I'll let you know more about that coming up. I'm your host, Brad Sinkoff. You can follow me on Twitter at Brad Sinkoff. That's S-E-N-K-I-W. And please download, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts, and tell your friends about Locked On Clemson Podcast. We want to continue to grow. I am also the deputy editor over at, at the allclemson.com. That's allclemson.com, part of the SI Network, where I write daily on the Tigers. And then also, you can check me out on 105.5 The Roar in Clemson, where I'm the co-host of the Press Box. I know you're still trying to digest all that turkey. You're probably going to have some leftovers this weekend. And looking forward to seeing some Clemson football for a change. Remember, this team hasn't played, hasn't been on the field since November the 7th. That feels like an eternity ago. And uh, they're going to get back out there, finally, uh, against Pitt, and should have been out there against Florida State, but yeah, I'm not going to rehash that entire story on this episode. Go back and listen to earlier podcasts this week for more information about that and my thoughts on the whole saga that was. But it, it, it does lend the first question in three key questions for this Clemson and Pitt game. And number one is, uh, will the Tigers look prepared? Will they look like a team that hasn't played in you know, three, four weeks, or will they look like a team that uh, is number three in the country in the college football playoff rankings? Will they look like a team that is on its way toward uh, that late season surge, that championship phase, as Dabo Sweeney likes to put it? Will they come out with the fire and the energy and the execution? I mean, you can have all the fire energy you want, all the effort in the world. If you don't execute, it's really not going to matter. Uh, so the execution is going to be key in this. But do you see that Clemson? That that's my that's my key question. Do you see a hunger in Clemson? They haven't played since that loss, and that was a loss their last time out. So do you see a team that really wants it again? You know, you saw that back. Think back to 2016. Clemson lost to Pitt in the same stadium uh, four years ago, and it looked like at the time it might derail Clemson's. National championship hopes, college ball playoff hopes, and instead everybody else around them lost as well, just about, and opened the door back up for the Tigers. But they were a different team. They were a team 
on a mission. They looked like they were ready to just go all out and do whatever it took to get to the college football playoff, to not lose again. They refused to lose again, and they played every game with a strong sense of urgency. Do they do the same now? And it starts this week with Pitt. Or do they look like a team that's still thinking about Florida State? Still thinking about a game that never got played? Still worrying about all the uh, back and forth in the media? We'll see. Question number two for the Clemson Tigers in this game against Pitt. Coming up tomorrow at 3.30. And this really might be the key to the game right here. Does Trevor Lawrence's jersey look in the fourth quarter like it did in the first quarter? And I ask that because can Clemson keep him clean? Can they keep a clean pocket? Can they give him time to throw the football? And most importantly, not allow him to get hurt in this game. I mean, this this is a pit defense that will flat out get after the quarterback. They lead the country in sacks right now. 40 sacks on the season. Nobody in college football is better than that. So they will create havoc. They're going to get in the backfield. They're going to disrupt Clemson. Now, the Tigers' offensive line, while uh, certainly has been criticized for its lack of run game execution at times this year, has not had the kind of problems in pass protection for the most part. They seem to have a couple of breakdowns early in games, but they always want to, or they always find a way to kind of bounce back from it and look, and get better and make adjustments as the game goes along. So maybe that happens in this one. Maybe Pitt gets to Trevor Lawrence early on, but then you see that offensive front settle in and get a little bit better, make some adjustments, figure some things out, and keep him clean. But that's to me, this is this is one of those games. It's it's a little bit scary. You go into it if you're Dabo Sweeney, you know that your quarterback has got to stay upright in this game, and that's how uh, that's that's one way a team like Pitt, who's you know nearly a four touchdown underdog can find a way to stay in this game is by getting to Trevor Lawrence, get him on the ground, getting in third and longs, forcing punts, and forcing some errant throws with the pressure they get up front. Finally, the last key question going into this game against Pittsburgh for the Tigers, can the secondary not get caught napping? This is a pit team that is not like the one two years ago, not the one that, that just had to run the football on every down, and was one-dimensional, and if you took him, or you took the run away from him, then Kenny Pickett, the quarterback, had no chance to complete a pass. Zero chance against a secondary like Clemson's. And they ate him alive in that game in Charlotte uh, two years ago. This is not the same Kenny Pickett, and this is not the same offense. They don't have that powerful run game anymore. Offensive coordinator Mark Whipple in his second year with the Panthers has opened it up more with a passing game, and he's worked with Kenny Pickett and made him a viable threat to throw the ball deep. He's not especially efficient, not especially accurate. It's like a 63% completion percentage, QB rating around 137. So he's not really up there in the upper echelon of, of Sam Howell and Trevor Lawrence in this conference, per se. But he's, not, he's also not that far off. And he can beat you. And he can give you a lot of issues down the field. And really what Pitt wants to do is lull you to sleep. Lull you to sleep, short passes, running the football. You're not really paying enough attention to the guys streaking down the field, and your secondary gets caught with their eyes in the wrong place, looking the wrong way. Boom, Kenny Pickett throws it over the top of you, and they hit a touchdown. This is not a super efficient offense, but they will hit big plays, and that's kind of where they thrive. And they've beaten some teams by being able to do that. I remember watching the NC State game, and their, their defense was atrocious in that game. They could not stop the Wolfpack especially on third downs. 
but their offense just keep getting some some really bad situations, and big play would bail them out, and then they'd have complete inefficiency for two or three drives, and then hit a big play to bail them out. Clemson knows that's going to be the plan. They've got to be on their their toes in this game, and that secondary, you know, outside of Nolan Turner, Landon Zanders, and both those guys expect to be back at safety. Uh, has not played well in, on the backside of things. And the young players who have come in have missed some some plays and, and blown some coverages, missed their assignments. So uh, that's going to be a real key this game. Can Clemson's secondary keep patient, keep Pitt in front of them, and not let Kenny Pickett throw it over the top? Long holiday weekend, a little extra time just for you to catch your breath. You never get a chance to just hit the reset button. You're always on. Well, now's your chance. Sit back, relax, watch plenty of football with a beer that is literally made to chill. Coors Light is cold filtered, cold lagered, and it's cold packaged, and it's as cool, crisp, and fresh as the Colorado Rockies. It's perfect for that moment to unwind and take a break. That's what you're trying to do this weekend. You want to relax a little bit. You want to kick back. You want to enjoy the beer that goes with any football game, no matter who or what it is. You got to go with Coors Light. It's what I reach for when I need to turn off for a little bit and hit the reset button and get ready for what's next. You can do it too. Simply go to get.coorslight.com. That's get.coorslight.com. And they're going to ship it right to you. You don't have to leave your home to get Coors Light. Get.coorslight.com. Go check that out today. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coming up Monday on Locked on Clemson, we're talking about Clemson's game against Pitt with Beyond the Box score, lessons learned from the contest, and a whole lot more. You don't want to miss it on Monday's episode. Now it's time for three players to watch. These are three guys that I'm going to keep a close eye on for Clemson throughout this game against Pitt on Saturday. And let's start with the big one. I don't always go with the best player on the field. I usually try to, to mix it up, but... This one's very important. Trevor Lawrence, he's back in action. First time since October 24th that he's been behind center for the Tigers. And I, first of all, I just want to see how he looks physically. Uh, does he look like he missed a lot of time? Does he look rusty? Does he look like his cardio's good? I mean, what all was he doing during this time? I, did the layoff affect him? I mean, I, I don't think these are going to be problems, but you have to see it, you know? I mean, you can take him at his word, and I do when he tells you that he feels good. I believe he feels good, but you want to see what it's like in game speed. Um, practicing every day is not the same as being out there on the field with your teammates. I'm curious to see just, you know, kind of how he looks physically and then mentally. You know, does he look like he's a step ahead of the defense or a step behind the defense? It's been a while since he's had to really go out there and try to recognize uh, fronts and, and coverages and everything else. So curious to see just how he looks uh, from a physical and mental standpoint. And then I want to see what he does with the run game. Talked about this last week. I really think Trevor Lawrence is the key to at least getting the run game going again. And right now, the stock is very low on Clemson's run game. You're going to get it basically at pennies. I would say buy it, though. And and I'm not saying this is the week where Clemson's going to rush for 250 yards. Probably not against Pitt. Probably not going to happen. But I also think this is a week, though, that you're going to see Clemson put some things back on film and challenge teams a little bit and say, hey, Remember that guy, the guy who runs like a giraffe, the long-legged guy? Uh, that guy, the big one, Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, he can run. He's still got wills. And I think they need to put that on film. I think they need to showcase him a little bit. You don't want to put him at risk, but it's also a great way to not keep him in the pocket getting hit. 
and he's become a very smart runner. He knows when to get down uh, these days. So I I think Clemson needs to take some some opportunity to get that quarterback run, the RPOs, the zone reads, get that back in the offense. DJ Uyangule did a tremendous job filling in for Trevor Lawrence, but he couldn't run the football effectively. He had a bad shoulder. They couldn't put him at risk because what happens if that shoulder really hurts? He lands on it awkwardly, gets hit hard on it, and he has to come out of the game. Well, now they don't have to worry about that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence can run the football, will run the football, and I think he's the key to at least getting defenses to think twice about what they're doing. And remember, oh yeah, number 16, can't forget about him. That's going to open up things in the RPO game, and it certainly could help things out with Travis Etienne, who's still looking to get going again after a little sluggish run that he's been on as of late. Cornell Powell, number two player to keep an eye on. And this is more injury-related because Clemson lost Joseph Ngata, an outside receiver, to uh, surgery this week. So he's going to be out of a few more weeks. Frank Lassen's going to be out a few weeks. Who's Clemson's outside receivers? I mean, they're really down to some kind of bare bones at that that one particular spot. Uh, so Cornell Powell, who has come on, in his in his fifth year with the Tigers, really needs to step up now. I mean, there's there's no room for well, Cornell Powell had a couple good games. If he disappears for a game or two, it's okay. No, Clemson can't have that right now. They don't have anybody else to pick up the slack. He's had back to back hundred yard games. Who's gonna take that? Who's gonna match those numbers? Who's gonna get those numbers for Clemson? Amari Rogers will get his, but he can't go for two hundred or two hundred and fifty. Somebody's got to get that 100 yards that Cornell Powell's been providing, and who else better than Cornell Powell? Because it can't be Ngata, he's hurt. It can't be Latson, he's hurt. Very curious to see if Powell rises to the occasion once again. And consistency's always been what has plagued him, according to Coach Sweeney and Powell himself. This is a chance to prove that you can be a consistent receiver, and your team needs you in a big way right now. Finally, number three player to watch this week against Pitt. I'm going Jake Venables. You know, Jake, Jake's had a pretty good year. Uh, you see him near the top of the list when it comes to tackles on the season. He's filling in for James Skowski right now, who's still going to be out probably a couple more weeks. I, I think they're eyeing a return potentially next week against Virginia Tech, but my guess is it's going to be the ACC championship. So that means Jake Venables has got to continue to play one of the most important positions on the field. Middle linebacker is the quarterback of a Brent Venables defense. His dad is Brent Venables. He's expected to play at a very high level. He's coached up. Uh, he's an in- he, interesting young man, very different than his dad, uh, but he can play. He's got a lot of tenacity about him when he's on the football field. Want to see how he performs in this game because he's a guy that uh, has to do a little bit of everything. You know, you saw that against Notre Dame. He's the one who forced the fumble uh, of, of in book as, as he was trying to score. Uh, he, he's a guy who can also get lost in coverage sometimes if you get the right matchup on him. So there's a lot on his plate. Now, I want to see how he performs against a pit team that's going to try to get him out of position. That's going to be one of their biggest goals. Move the middle linebacker around, get him out of position, get him get him stuffed when he tries to blitz, and it might open up things down the field, or at least in the middle of the field, for the pit offense. So I'm going to keep a close eye on linebacker Jake Venables in this game and see how he performs under pressure once again with James Skowski still out. Let's wrap up the week. Let's wrap up the month of November uh, with some final thoughts here on Clemson versus Pitt. Once again, 
Clemson comes into this game favored by 24 points, and the Tigers, again, hosting Military Appreciation Day and Senior Day. And this is going to be a very uh, different Senior Day. Usually, you know, you have a packed house, and uh, anytime it's Military Appreciation Day, it's always a capacity crowd, and Clemson puts on one of the most incredible Military Appreciation Days that you'll see, and I have no idea exactly what's going to be planned for this one on Saturday because of just the uh, COVID issues and and who you can bring in, who can get on the field. I have no idea what it's going to be like, but I know Clemson will do everything they can in their power to put on a respectful military appreciation show. That being said, it's also senior day, and it's the time when the players run down the hill, uh, their families are out on the field, Coach Sweeney's out on the field, they embrace. It's a big moment. It's a uh, ode to the crowd. It's a it's sort of a final farewell, if you will, for so many players. It'll be the last time that these seniors set foot in Memorial Stadium, at least we think as of right now with the way the schedule's set up. That means it's going to be a goodbye, a farewell for the home crowd for Trevor Lawrence and for Travis Etienne and for Mari Rogers. These are three guys who have been staples in this program, who have won an enormous amount of football games, who have performed on the biggest stages out there. And, you know, it's kind of sad in a way that it's not going to be 80,000 plus, that it's going to be, you know, a smaller COVID-regulated crowd. It's not going to have the same energy. Uh, it's not going to be the same feel to um, just the way that the fans interact with the players. And you hate that for them. I mean, I, there's a lot of things that have certainly ruined uh, or have been ruined by by COVID this year. And, and this is one of them that you're just kind of disappointed they don't get the final send-off that they deserve. Because you think about Trevor Lawrence, first off, and this is a young man who won a national title as a, as a true freshman. Probably the most highly regarded quarterback Clemson's ever recruited out of high school. I mean, he was in he was a junior or senior. People were saying he was going to be paid Manning. You know, the comparison started off really early, and he hasn't disappointed. He really hasn't. I know he got a lot of criticism for his sophomore year, and he wasn't perfect, and he threw a lot of interceptions in the first half of the season. But the young man could flat out ball, and he's going to be the first pick overall in the NFL draft for a reason, and he's brought Clemson a ton of wins. He's handled himself with, with enormous class while he's been at Clemson. Uh, I think there's just a lot to respect about him as a human being, not even on the football field. That doesn't even, that's not even what I'm talking about. But just as who he is, as the person he is, uh, he's represented himself, his university, his team, his coaches, everybody to the best of his ability, and I don't think you can knock him in any way for how he's done all of those things. And then he's just really good on the football field. So uh, it's disappointing he's not going to get the, the send-off he deserves. And then the Travis Etienne, the greatest running back in Clemson history. And there's been some great ones. You think C.J. Spiller and James Davis and Raymond Priester. I mean, you go down the list, some tremendous running backs. Terry Allen went through this university, and this guy's the best of all of them. In fact, as I've said a few times on this uh, podcast, I think he's the best running back in ACC history. I think he's one of the best players in ACC history, regardless of position. So you've got sort of an all-timer, an all-great, a guy who's going to uh, sit there on, on in the record books for decades in the NCAA. You're going to see his name in the top 10s and the top 15s. Some, some he's going to lead. Some he's going to be in the top five. I mean, he's going to just be part of NCAA history 
for a very, very long time. And I don't I don't know if his ACC record will ever be broken as he passed Ted Brown a few weeks ago for the all-time rushing uh, uh, number uh, in, in the conference. I, I, that could stand the test of time. It's a passing era. And the game is designed, the rules are designed, the offenses are designed to throw the football more. You still need the run game. But it's hard to think that somebody's going to come along and knock off Travis Etienne anytime soon. That's another guy who just handled himself with extreme class. It's just very humble human being. Doesn't really want the accolades. Doesn't really prefer the spotlight. He's fine if you don't talk about him. He's fine if he's not uh, being mentioned on social media constantly. He's fine if he's not on the front cover of, of websites and magazines and newspapers. None of that stuff bothers him. Very, very humble. Just happy to be a part of college football. He is everything that's right with college football. He just wants to play the game, go to school, and get an education. And he does it at everything at an extremely high level, and you respect him for it. And again, another player you wish was going to be in front of a packed crowd tomorrow afternoon. Obviously, Mari Rogers, another name uh, who probably will not be back for the Tigers. Remember, everybody on the team gets an extra year of eligibility, but there's a lot of players who will not be needing it or using it. Trevor Lawrence, a junior, is well expected to go ahead and turn pro once this season is over. I think Amari Rogers is going to do that as well. He was not happy with how he performed last year, coming off that knee injury. So he wanted to come around, stick around for one more year, and uh, prove some things to other people. And (laughs) he has. He's one of the top receivers in the conference. He's been extremely consistent. And Trevor Lawrence is his favorite target. And so I, I think Amari Rogers set himself up well at the next level. Uh, but he is also going to say his goodbyes to the Clemson faithful on Saturday. And you certainly wish Amari all the best because another guy who has handled himself with a lot of class, a lot of dignity. He's a coach's son, T. Martin's kid. He's been around the game his whole life, it shows. And uh, that he's a young man I've had the opportunity to interview many times and always enjoy his insight very, very smart individual, understands life and football and how to intersect them, and certainly uh, that he's another senior that Clemson is going to uh, have to say goodbye to, and it'll be another emotional goodbye uh, when it comes to Amari Rogers. Now let's take a look at with the prediction in this game. How does it go? You know, it, it's, it's still a lot of points, and, and Clemson doesn't have to cover to prove anything, but I feel like this is a game that They're going to come out a little sloppy, a little rusty. They didn't play for a long time. They should have played last week. I don't think Florida State is going to be a hangover this week. I don't think, now while Dabo Swinney has been very adamant in the media about defending his program and his medical team and abiding by all ACC protocols and all that, I don't think it's affected the players. I really don't. I mean, they they were on to pit. You know, they're just itching to play. They just want to go to the football field. Whoever the next opponent is, that's fine with them. They just want to go play ball. So I think you're going to see a, a good effort out of this team. Uh, I do expect a little bit of a slow start as they shake off some of the rust. I think by mid-second quarter, you're going to see a Clemson team start to really get rolling on both sides of the ball. And I think, I think they're going to make life difficult on Pitt trying to score. I've got Clemson winning this one 38-10. That's covering the 24 points. And I don't think that Clemson's going to you know get into the 40s or 50s and run the score up anything crazy, because I do think it's going to take a while to get going. But once they do, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to throw a couple touchdowns in this game. ETN should find the end zone. At the end of the day, uh, it's not going to be a take it out on Pitt because of what FSU did kind of game. But I think you'll walk away with this one going, yeah, Clemson did what they had to do. Now it's on to Virginia Tech. 
That's going to wrap up Locked on Clemson podcast this week. Thank you so much again for being a part of it. Follow me on Twitter at Brad Sinkup. That's S-E-N-K-I-W. And make sure you also check out the Locked On College Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great holiday weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Talk to you again on Monday, Clemson Nation.